Well, hey, friend. Welcome back to another episode, which I'm basically rebranding my Donovan's Damn podcast, or DDP, which in the past has just essentially been a personal podcast of verbal dysentery, mental diarrhea, whatever you want to call it. And uh, so I got the thinking, as much as I do like video, the video, try, trying to make sure that everything, because I'm, I'm a stickler for quality, and I was having difficulty, honestly, without spending a shit ton of money, getting to the video quality that I wanted in the videos that I was making. And I was just getting really frustrated. And I think it was taking away from my focus and I guess the message, if there is a message in what I'm doing, because I'm I'm kind of treating this like you and I are sitting at a, well, <laughs> maybe not a bar, you know, and years ago it would have been a bar. It had just been two friends sitting there chit-chatting, having drinks, what what have you. So maybe we're at a coffee shop. I don't go to coffee shops. You would probably cringe at the fact that I drink Folgers Instant Coffee. I am not a coffee connoisseur. I have tried drip coffee, percolated coffee. I've never had anything from Starbucks, nor do I ever plan on having anything from Starbucks or Dunkin' Donuts. I never had a fancy cup of coffee. Let's put it that way. The closest I ever came to it is back in the early to mid-90s in Fitzgerald, Georgia, which is where I was born and raised, there was this small coffee shop slash sandwich shop, which was basically the the customer-facing retail outlet of a bakery. And it was run by this religious group, and, you know, nothing against them. They were nice people. But at the time, I was working for a guy. His his name is Joe. I'm not going to tell you his last name, but... He was a retired AT&T microwave tower maintainer. Matter of fact, he let this lapse. But you know how tall towers have those blinking lights? I believe the FAA requires anything above 200, 200 feet or above, I think, has to have the blinking light. He invented the timing circuitry for those blinking lights. A guy from South Georgia, he showed me his early designs. They were actually made out of Bakelite, if you know what that is. And, I mean, it was just cool. And he he did this while he was working at AT AT&T. So he held the patent on it, but he let it lapse. And I don't know why he did that. But anyway, that's neither here nor there. I'm getting sidetracked. But the point I was making is, I was working for him, um... He was retired, and he bought a Radio Shack dealership. Uh, Radio Shack could be franchised. You had your corporate stores, and then you had your franchise stores. And so this was a small franchise store. It had been in operation since the early to mid-'70s in Fitzgerald, Georgia. And I don't know about you, but I loved Radio Shack. My dad loved Radio Shack. You know, My dad would take me in there, and he'd, he'd buy all these components like resistors and capacitors and all this stuff, and... Man, I thought that shit was cool. I didn't know what the hell to do with it. He did. He studied electronics and TV and radio repair and then wound up being a farmer. 
and then eventually working for General Motors, but that's, I digress. So there was this, and I cannot remember the name of it, and the building's not even there anymore, but it was a small coffee shop, sandwich shop. So in the morning times, you could go in there and you could get yourself a cup of coffee and something I was introduced to at the time, I didn't know what it was, called a biscotti. And it's basically a dried cookie biscuit type thing, and you would dunk it in your coffee, or at least that's what we did. And so that's probably the, the fanciest of coffees, the fanciest of coffee shops I've ever been in. It's a pretty decent sandwiches during the lunchtime. I mean, it was, it was your standard, um, you know, ham sandwiches, cold cuts, that kind of stuff. But yeah, I mean, so to bring it back around, because like I say, I do get off track. You and I are sitting in a coffee shop and we're just talking. And so I don't need the distraction of the television on playing a football game or a baseball game or the latest in something happening in the world. Thus, just going with an audio podcast. That's the point. As, as some, maybe one day I'll invest in some better camera equipment. I mean, I haven't, <clears throat> what I recorded most of this stuff was on an Elgato face cam, which, I mean, it was, it was pretty decent. I've tried it with my phone, which is a 4K. It's an iPhone 13. Um, I don't know. Let's just get to what I'm talking about today. So, I'm celebrating day 48 of sobriety. Oh boy, good days and bad days. Good days and bad days for sure. But something I came across that, and, and I just came across it several days ago, and so I am by no means a master at this in just a few days. And as the type of person that I am, some of it... Uh, just kind of makes my skin crawl or the hair on the back of my neck kind of stand up. Especially when things, I, I see things and they're just kind of like, woo-woo or, I, I don't know. I like to think of myself as a man of science. Not that I'm a scientist, but I believe in the scientific principles and in the scientific methodology and the testing methodology. And... Again, as a secularist and an atheist, I don't believe in any any of the woo. But this is a—sometimes I have to give credence to some of these things. You know, the old ways don't necessarily need to be shit-canned all the time. And I'm guilty of that. I'm one that's like, nope, you know, this is the way we do it in 2023. I don't give a shit how you did it in the year 1000. Because <laughs> apparently— in the year 1000, they were just a bunch of ignorant fucks, you know. But this is a practice called Wu Wei. Now, if you've heard of it and I'm mispronouncing it, then I apologize. I looked it up several different pronunciations. One actually said it's pronounced O-O-O dash Wei, which is U Wei or O Wei. But then I went, okay, how do you actually pronounce this? In several places, it's Wu Wei. It's W-U. W-E-I, it's Chinese. What it is, because it translates to non-action or effortless action, and the whole idea is to, I guess, try to get to a more balanced, fulfilling, and su successful life. And there's, there's essentially three tenets of Wu Wei. Number one is accept things as they are. Now, the example that this particular 
article gives, and I'm going to put all this in the show notes. It's a CNBC article, and I also went and looked up Wu Wei on Wikipedia. So, But here they, they give an example. They say, let's say you're throwing a big party, and instead of obsessing over every detail, practicing Wu Wei means understanding that things may not go exactly as planned. Similarly, if you didn't get the job promotion you expected, recognize that this is a normal part of your career journey. As the writer says, I like to say to myself, I can't control everything, but I can make the best of whatever happens. So apparently when you face a challenge, you just need to ask yourself whether you have complete control of the outcome or not. And if you don't, make peace with that and just move the fuck on. The second tenet is embrace, embrace, if I could speak today, embrace imperfection. Now, this is something, again, that I have to deal with, as previously mentioned, one of the reasons why I'm not doing video now for these segments or for these discussions, whatever the hell we want to call them. Embrace imperfection. I have heard this referenced especially by software developers because my my two boys are software developers or software engineers. My oldest used to work for Twitch and my youngest works for Amazon AWS on their firewall team. And what I've heard it referenced as is perfection is the enemy of progress or perfection is the enemy of good. And... I've heard Jason and Brian mention this on the Grumpy Old Geeks podcast, of course. But what it means is to allow things to unfold in their own natural way. You don't force the outcome because nothing is perfect. I mean, honestly, if you want to get on the religious side, which I kind of cringe, but that's the reason why the Christians will tell you everybody is full of sin because we are all imperfect. We are not perfect beings which I then take a foot and I plant it solidly up their ass and say, well, I'm not perfect, but I digress. You got to allow yourself some grace. If you just, if you fuck up, you fuck up, basically is what it comes down to. Now, I guess the one caveat I would say is if you constantly fuck up, maybe you need to back up and reevaluate what it is that you're doing because you only get a pass for so long, you know? I mean, three DUIs and your ass is in jail. You only get a pass for so long. And honestly, even on the first DUI, if you wind up wrecking a car and killing somebody, you don't get a pass. And yes, I've had one DUI in my life way back in 1990. This was before my wife and I got married. We were dating. She wrote me a note, and she wasn't very clear in the note. And so it made me think that she was about to abandon the relationship she was about to break up with me. And so my cousin and I had a Cavalier uh, Z24 V6 high-performing engine, 1989 model, electric blue. God, that car was gorgeous. My best friend at the time, other than my cousin, had a Grand Am. And so my cousin and I, I don't know why, don't know why I did this. We got us a case of Budweiser and a fifth of cherry vodka. And we were riding around, drinking, listening to some satanic music. And as the, the day progressed, we got drunker. And yes, I was driving to the point where, I mean, I was doing stupid shit. 
running over mailboxes, running over uh, road signs, and eventually I went to drop my cousin off at my best friend's house, and my girlfriend had just showed up there. And they were down, they had this long driveway, because my best friend's dad was a farmer. So they had this long driveway, and I dropped my cousin off, I hauled ass down the driveway, and I saw my girlfriend and my best friend sitting on the ditch bank, and I don't know what happened, something just fucking clicked in my head. I was going home, but Donovan's drunk brain said, no, you need to go show your ass. So I turned around, turned into the driveway. I was hauling ass down that driveway, went into their backyard, which was this big open area where they had a barn and they had this shelter where they stored like the tractors and combines and stuff. Keep in mind, this is a front-wheel drive vehicle with a high-performance engine in it. And as I am making the turn, I kick it. I don't know why. I kick it. And when I kick it, it snatches the fucking steering wheel out of my hands. And I lose control of the car. This being in the South, this being in the uh, the early 90s, we really didn't, you didn't have cable TV out there. Hell, you didn't even have direct TV or dish or any of that shit in 1990. At best, you might have one of these 10-foot motherfucking dishes. But they didn't have one of those. They had like an antenna that was up like on a 50-foot pole. And of course, you had these guy wires. One of the guy wires came down to a post. I plowed through the post. And then I nailed the ass in of my best friend's car. And for some dumb reason, I turned the car off, left the keys in the ignition, and locked the doors. If they could have gotten me out of the car, I would not have been arrested. But my best friend's dad didn't know what to do, so he called 911, said there had been an accident, and the sheriff's department showed up. I was still sitting in the car, so therefore, I was definitely guilty. I got handcuffed, carried to the sheriff's department, got fingerprinted, and my mom and dad shows up, pays $350. I don't spend any time in jail, but I do have to go to DUI school. I tell you that story because I'm not very proud of it at all. Not at all. Well, needless to say, never did that again. But yeah, I mean, embrace imperfection. That right there was not being imperfect. That was being stupid. And like I say, I've regretted that my entire life. But I also realize that it was a growing moment for me. It could have been worse. I could have actually hurt or killed some of my my friends. But as it turned out, I just destroyed their antenna, their pole. And my best friend had to have his, he had $25,000 or $3,000 worth of damage in his vehicle. I had about $3,000 worth of damage on my vehicle. And because my vehicle was in my mom's name, and the insurance was in her mom's, in my mom's name. They paid the claim and then canceled the insurance. So yeah, I caused a lot of strife and, and consternation and heartburn when it came to that. Not to mention the fact that my, I can only feel for my dad because dad would have been, let's see, I was 20 in 1990. Dad would have been 42. They had me when they were very young, just like my wife and I had our, we had, <laughs> We had our we had our first child in ninety two. I was twenty two, then ninety four. I was twenty four, and then uh, ninety seven. I was twenty seven. So yeah, that's the reason why all my kids are grown. 
Perfection is the enemy of progress or good. Now, the third tenet is something that I have trouble with, and every time I see this, I just kind of roll my damn eyes. Implement mindfulness. It's always been a BS concept for me. But here's something that it kind of resonated with me a little bit. Mindfulness means being aware of your thoughts and feelings without judgment. Okay, that still sounds a little fruity. But it goes ahead and starts talking about Wu Wei has a tendency to be much easier if you pay attention to what's happening in the present moment in a friendly and curious way. And I had to stop and, and, and make myself not be so judgmental about this. And went, okay, I think I get it. And then Lao Tzu, which is the ancient Chinese philosopher that Taoism is actually, uh, he, he founded that. This statement, and this nailed it for me, if you are depressed, you are living in the past. If you are anxious, you are living in the future. If you are at peace, you are living in the present. I had to think about that, and I realized that though not fully 100% the foundation of why I get depressed, and I can't say that while I'm talking to you in this podcast that I'm not depressed. There's some other things going on in my life that I'll try to touch on without basically just ripping open the door and showing you all the the raw meat, as it were. That was a dumb analogy. You're welcome. <laughs> but I, I do think or I yearn for things in my past, wishing some of those things were still part of my present. And again, I can't really get into it other than I'd say love life, and I'll just leave it at that. The other thing about the future and being anxious, and I got to say that where I am today in my life, with everything that's happened in the last 10, 20 years or whatever, my attempts at staying sober, my one year of sober sobriety from 2017 to 2018, my mom passing away in 2019, things that happened this year, and then me attempting this and realizing it is a lifestyle change, not a short-term attempt. There is finality in this. It's still hard not to think about the future with what's going on in the world today, but I'm still not that anxious. Yes, I am concerned, uh, you know, as we all should be. Where is our country headed in regards to the 2024 election? I honestly believe we cannot survive another four years if the man-child gets back in charge of this country. I'm worried about that. Am I anxious? Maybe not, but I'm worried. But that moves me on to the, the next part of this conversation with you. I am glad I am not drinking right now because there are things going on in my life that I'm pretty sure would blow up in my fucking face if I were. A 33-year marriage is definitely something to be proud of, especially in this century. Now, my wife and I, we are both products of very long marriages. My folks, if they were still alive today, would have celebrated, pretty sure I'm right on this, 58 years this year, while hers both still alive, are around 53 years. That is not common today. Hell, for that matter, most millennials and Gen Zers and, and now Gen Alpha, 
which I don't think Gen Alpha would be right at the marriage marrying age. Well, depends on what state you're in, Alabama. But um, they don't even want marriage. And, and honestly, I can't blame them. A lot of them are career-minded. A lot of them are just like, we want relationships, but we don't, we don't want to be bound to one another. And honestly, the version of marriage that we have today <clears throat> is a societal construct. A societal construct, it is a religious construct, which is the reason why we have such, you know, going back and forth about the uh, same-sex marriages and stuff like that. You love who you love. Move on, right? So, yeah, 33 years. But, as with any marriage, you have your ups and downs, and, you know, some of those downs can be directly linked to my drinking. But over the last few years, you know, we've both had a part to play in the downs. Now, to be fair to her, hers were mostly out of her control. They were health issues. The biggest being that she developed young cataracts at around the age of 47. She's 52. So as you can imagine, they got progressively worse to the point where I had to start driving Miss Daisy, or in this case, (laughs) Miss Lee. I had to start driving her everywhere. She was working due to some uh, job changes in 2012. She had not been working since we had our first child. She'd worked up until the day that she delivered in 1992, and we decided that it would be best for our family and the kids if she were a stay-at-home mom. And it worked. It worked great. But by 2012, and again, due to some unforeseen job-related issues where I, I no longer had one, I wound up getting a job that I was making half what I had been previously making. And so she she got back into the to the jobs, job market. So yeah, I was, I was driving her everywhere. I, she lost her autonomy. She, she was dependent on others. And, and I, you know, that had to be rough for her. I saw my dad go through that. And eventually she'd had enough along with that. And just, she was in retail customers being dicks. She, she just had enough. So she quit. With my blessing, not that she actually needed it, but then again, we, we are a partnership, and so knowing what I was about to have to do, she had my blessing because that put the full weight of the bills back on my shoulders while at the same time struggling to keep my very young, small business afloat. But we managed. But like I said, I could see even, even after she quit... She was losing her autonomy, and it was having a significant impact on her, and, and I just I didn't have the money to get the surgery, but I knew I needed to do something because it was affecting us, and so I did something I, I really didn't want to. I robbed a bank. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I asked my son, who works for Amazon, as I mentioned, for a loan, not a handout, not a gift, but a loan, 95 roughly. Thanks, American healthcare system. What a bro. It took about six months to finally get to the end of everything from the surgeries, the checkups, et cetera, et cetera. And now she can see, but unfortunately, I can't say it got better. If anything, things have gotten worse. 
which is why I say that not drinking for the last 48 days has probably been the key to us not being in divorce court or killing each other by now. I mean, there are things that I want to say, and drunk me would have just blurted those motherfucking things out. Hurt feelings, consequences, be damned. It does fester. You bet it festers. Thus, woo-way. And of course, me pouring myself into other projects, talking to you, helps. Keeping myself busy. I mean, I know I can't keep this up forever. Something's Something's got to give. Holding my tongue, I can't keep up forever. The sobriety, yes. Holding my tongue, probably, probably not. Again, woo-way, usa. <laughs> I mean, it's tough enough to stay off the sauce when you don't necessarily have major things going on in your life, but when you do, whoo boy. Warning, I'm about to have a whining and bitch session right here, so... Bear with me. Number one, these are the things that I'm dealing with. Number one, keeping my small business afloat, constantly trying to find ways to cut costs without sacrificing customer service, as well as being worried about my clients are in some of those sectors where people are pulling back. My, my two largest clients, one is a car dealership, a pretty good size car dealership, and the other one is a pretty good size dental office. Now, the upside to the dental office, everybody got to get their, te- their toothies cleaned. Not everybody needs to buy a damn car, though. Number two, a 33-year relationship that is where we're now basically like two roommates living together with only one of us contributing at least 95% to keeping everything going. And the other one, well, is not. Number three, My childhood home and property that my mom left to me when she died in 2019, still owing money. Thanks, Mom. It required me to refinance and take out an additional $25,000 in debt. And get this, I was dealing with this as this little thing called a pandemic was kicking in the high gear. And we couldn't find her fucking will. So yeah, probate. Additional $800 with the lawyer. Oh, it it was a mess. It was a mess. And this loan is a was a short-term term five-year loan with a balloon payment that's due in 2025. Along with not only taking care of the place that we where we live today, our primary residence, and the one that is probably going to wind up being our forever home because As it stands right now, I won't pay the mortgage off until I'm 73. But I have the upkeep of that property over there, cutting the grass, which I tried to find people to do that for me. They wanted $400 a month, so I said, fuck that. I went and bought a goddamn lawnmower from Lowe's, had it delivered over there. I had that son of a bitch paid off in like a year. It was around $1,400, $1,500. I've tried to destroy the deck on it twice because of roots, but otherwise, yeah. About every two to three weeks. Matter of fact, I was over there yesterday. Grass had gotten so fucking high. Normally it takes a tank of gas, took a tank and a half. And on top of that, there's an old block house over there. This property is in a triangle shape. It's 1.97 acres, almost two acres. The old block house 
is what we lived in when mom and dad got the place in 1976. Then they bought a double-wide mobile home in 1984. We moved into that. Dad's got a shop. At some point around 96, 97, we put a 2,000-square-foot mobile home in the back part of the property, which I then lost and have basically, uh, they came and took it and then sued me for it in uh, 2013. The old block house is basically like a, a storage shed. There's a bunch of shit over there. That's part of the stuff that's got to be thrown away. I'm getting to that in a minute. Several weeks back, I was over there the time before when I needed to cut the yards. And I got to noticing the back windows were missing. Someone had vandalized the damn building. Now, I can't say they got in. And honestly, if they did, there's not anything in there worth a damn to take. But... It's that, it's that feeling of being violated. You know what I'm saying? And, oh, there was this, this, this creepy chill that just went up my spine. And every time I was cutting around, I refused to go in the building because I didn't have any protection on me. All my guns were still here. Now, whenever I travel over there, I got a 9mm loaded pistol with me. But that, that violation... Oh, that made me feel bad. It, 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 God, it made me feel awful. I, I, I couldn't sleep that night. And then number four, my own health struggles. I'm, I'm older now than I've ever been. End of the whining and bitch session. Maybe I needed to do a little sound right there. But now on the upside, talking about that property over there, if nothing falls apart, it's going to be sold and no longer my problem sometime around hopefully at the latest, mid-August. But then there's also the stress that comes with that and uh, putting off that cleanup because there's shit over there that was left in mom's double wide. There's shit left in dad's shop. There's shit left in the old house. I just didn't want to burn up my weekends plus the cost of having a roll-off container dropped to throw all that stuff away. And this is where procrastination will come back to bite you in the ass. I should have already taken care of this, but now I have no choice. The upside is the buyer of the property is a friend of mine, and he's willing to help. Matter of fact, he's calling Monday to find out, because the last time I tried to find out about a roll-off container, they had a waiting list. So he's going to call, find out. I'm going to pay for it, of course, and he's going to he and his family, because there's some things that they may want. You know, there's some furniture in the double wide they may want. If they do, fine. If they don't, we have this this uh, entity, if you will, called Brother Charlie's. It's, it's kind of like um, Salvation Army, that type of thing, except they have a big box truck. They will come pick stuff up, and then they turn around and sell it in a thrift store to make money to provide for people that need help. Sometimes they just... Give the stuff to people that need help. So, yeah, I got that to look forward to. I mean, the, like I say, the upside is the monthly payment, the light bill, the insurance. I'm going to wind up saving probably about $350 a month, and I have that headache off of my shoulders. The sad part is I'm saying goodbye to a part of my childhood. My wife and I went back and forth on maybe we wanted to retire over there or because honestly, here's the kicker. You know, I'm a tech guy, have been for 35 years, ran a cable broadband company for 10 years, was in that company for 13 years, 
I forget what the initiative is called, but because of where that property is located, it is serviced by an EMC, which is an electrical membership co-op. I'm serviced by one here, but they're not part of the program. Over there, they are deploying fiber. This is Irwin EMC. Every single Irwin EMC customer, I think by 2026 or 2027, will have access to fiber internet of speeds of up to 2 gigabit down, 1 gigabit up. Get this shit. Their 1 gig by 1 gig is $75 a month. I'm like, motherfucker, I cannot get that here. I literally, I built the neighborhood that I live in. We built it as RFOG, which is RF over glass. It's fiber to the home that gets converted to coax. So it's not true fiber to say like a NID or something like that. It gets converted, so you still use your standard cable modems, DOCSIS 3, 3, 1, whatever. I've got two providers here, one being the company that I used to work for and built this area, and the other one is Mediacom. Mediacom will get you one gig down and about 50 to 60 megabit up. Pretty good service, except when I got it, it started out at like 90-something dollars for the year and then went up to like 130, and I was like, and I was paying for two. I mean, the redundancy was great in my business, but unless there is a major issue at the head end for the company I used to work for, which has been sold twice now, or there's a fiber cut, they don't go down. Mediacom would go down about once a, once a week for about 5 to 15 minutes, depending. But the point I'm making is I'm paying five for 500 meg down, 15 meg up, and streaming television service because this provider now does their television via streaming. You can do it. Um, the company's called True Vista. You can do it over an app using a Fire Stick, uh, an Apple TV, or they've got these little Google boxes, which are shit. Paying one hundred and ninety-five dollars a month over there, less than forty miles away, out in the middle of almost fucking nowhere, going to have fiber that I could get gig by gig symmetrical. But we decided that where we live in Tifton, Georgia, and we're in a nice little neighborhood where pretty much everybody is older than us, we we were the youngsters when we moved here in 2006. This is where we're going to probably die. And I like our house. I'm currently in my office, which is a secondary building. It's heated and cooled with a split unit. And the other side is the shop where my lawnmower and yard tools and all of that. And we have our cats, which we're now down to two outside and one inside. But fenced-in backyard, though the fence needs to be replaced. Anyway, point is, though I'm going to be sad to see it go, the positive outweighs the negative with it going. Now, yay. I'll, I'll try to wrap this up because this one is longer, and I hope you're I hope you've made it to the end. And if you have, I greatly appreciate it. I said I was going to try to keep these to no more than 15 minutes, but I had a lot to say on this one. As for staying busy, I've started an online radio station. That's something I've always been interested in, which is very odd for someone like me who grew up as a severe introvert. I was scared to death to talk to people. Being brought up in a a, a pseudo-religious family, my dad was an atheist. My mom was a Christian. I didn't even get to wear shorts 
in PE when we dressed out. I had to wear sweats. And I was okay with that because I was I was an introvert. I was like, oh, you see my scrawny-ass legs? They're white, you know. I wasn't a jock. I was a nerd. But I grew up a severe introvert. I've gotten out of that. Podcasting has helped. Having to publicly, I mean, interface with the public has helped. And as far as the radio stage, I like to think it's for the community I live in. But honestly, I don't like the community that I live in. I mean, I know it sounds fucked up. I can't truly be who I am for risk of losing clients in my business. So being a a secular person, an atheist, I just don't talk religion or politics because there's a bunch of Trump-loving motherfuckers around here for sure. Anyway, thank you, my friend, for taking the time to listen to this. I'm sure your ears are bleeding by now, and... (laughs) I'll try to be less Debbie Downer on the next one, but uh, there's there's no promises. And oh, by the way, this the the station, if you're interested, is at radiofreega.com. That's for Radio Free Georgia. It is a Gen X centric radio station because I am a Gen Xer. And there's some other stuff in there that I like that, you know, standard Gen Xers may not like, but I'm still building it, still adding music to it. We'll see running it through Live 365 so I don't have to worry about the licensing, but right now it is costing me. I got a discount. It's costing me $44 a month, but that's going to go up to 60 in two months. So anyway, uh, shameless plug for that if you're interested. If you're not, I get it. My uh, my chances of making it a success in a community-oriented type radio station are probably close to none. Yay, positivity. Woo-way. Anyway, thanks for listening. Take care.